Elegant Weapon is brought to you by Nemesis Studios. An elegant weapon for the more civilized age. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to an Elegant Weapons special presentation of Clark McKnight, the Trump Talk. That's right, kids. I'm going for it. Y'all may think I'm crazy, but I'm going for it. Um, welcome to the show, kids. Uh, lay a little groundwork for anybody tuning in uh, due to the content of this episode. Uh, you may be a new listener. Uh, normally on this show, I talk to people about Star Wars and comic books, uh, but we're going to do something a little different tonight. Uh, something I feel has been severely lacking uh, in the world for the last little while. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, and that's have a dialogue, have a discussion, have some talk. Uh, some talk that is not coming from a place of anger or, uh, you know, hostility. Um, let me lay some groundwork for you. My name is J.M. Clark. I'm the host of An Elegant Weapon. Uh, I'm in Toronto, so that shows you a certain perspective that I'm coming from as a Canadian. Uh, I'm speaking tonight with Jimmy McKnight. You like that? That sounded so right. Um, <laughs> Jimmy is the host of uh, Ninja Starship Podcast. Uh, Jimmy is from Detroit, Michigan. Uh, Jimmy is a welder by trade. I am an arborist by trade. So we are both, in fact, coming to this conversation from a sort of middle-class, blue-collar, uh, tradesman perspective. Um, but this is all coming from my lack of understanding about a lot of the situation. And Jimmy is a good friend of mine. He's a, he's a good friend of a lot of people. And, you know, there's a, there's been a little bit of an uproar here and there lately uh, on social media, um, which right now is just such a mess. I mean, as much as I love social media, Jimmy, I know you love social media. Uh, it's so much fun. But the unfortunate thing about it is it, it's not the place for these talks. You know what I mean? It's just you can't possibly pick up on something from a tweet or a status update or or, you know, something meaningful out of 140 characters, it needs to be more. And Jimmy is a Trump supporter. And it also comes down to how weird it is for a lot of people involved in this situation uh, to have really close people in their lives, uh, you know, believe in something that may have been unexpected or uh, just people weren't ready for and you know not just in your situation jimmy but a lot of other people's friends have been lost uh you know things have been made tense and uh a huge part of it i think is, is social media and just its inability to properly convey feelings in a reasonable and direct manner i shouldn't say direct it's almost too direct if you know what i mean so I wanted to have a conversation and there's, you know, cause I know Jimmy, I know Jimmy well. Jimmy is a good friend of mine for a couple years now. I respect Jimmy. Uh, I know Jimmy is a good person. Uh, I know he's not a lot of the things that he has been called in the past little while. 
And, you know, a lot of people on both sides are guilty of name-calling, hostility, anger, aggression, all these things. So I'm not so much taking a side tonight as much as, yes, I live in Canada, I'm a liberal, um, you know, and but I'm not coming at this uh, to debate Jimmy. Uh, I'm coming at this to try and understand Jimmy and to try and figure out his point of view and where he's coming from on a few things. Uh, whether I agree or not... You know, at least we're going to make the attempt here that maybe I can break through a few layers of something that I don't get just so I can understand a little bit better. Because it's true, is as close as you and I are, Jimmy, there have been moments where even I have been, whoa, <laughs> like, you know, what the shit. So let's start from the beginning, Jimmy, because as a welder, this is where you and I, our discussion started on this entire topic. Because you in the beginning, we're very behind a lot of Trump's ideas about industry and bringing factories back. And steel has been a big thing for you and your family. So why don't you start us off with a little explanation of how that initially got you attracted to Trump? Oh, certainly. Well, in the very beginning, it was more like, you know, for the last eight years under Obama's reign, um, back in 2008, according to government statistics, it's $50,000 or $55,000 was the top pay for a welder back in 2008. Now that tops out at about $30,000 and the minimum wage has gone up. The minimum wage then was around $10.26 for a welder. Now it's around $12 and 30 some odd cents. Now that happened. That's good that the minimum wage went up, but the top pay went way, way, way down. Right. And that's all due to all of the regulations and the outsourcing and the taxations and all of that stuff happening to these companies and crushing companies and making companies close their doors, company after company after company in Detroit, and just watching the city collapse on itself because people can't stay in business. Right, right. And that is reasonable. That makes total sense to me. Um, one thing I have difficulty understanding is these regulations because, uh, you know, we're, we're told from both sides different things, which you're going to hear a lot of tonight because, you know, both sides have different perspectives and some are extreme and some aren't so extreme. Uh, the regulations in place, these like, can you possibly explain and be like, like specifically a little more about the regulations? Like, are these as far as uh, like... I don't know, like wage regulations or like like import export regulations. Or A lot of import export regulations. Uh, it had, you know, the big thing that Trump's talking about is how it's, you know, it, for us to send something outside of our country to another place, it's taxed sometimes almost a hundred percent. But in order for someone to send something here, we, you know, tax them next to nothing or nothing in some cases. Um, I think the best example, at least for me. To, to kind of lock on to what he was doing and understanding how things were happening with this industry thing, especially in my, uh, you know, neck of the woods, which is aerospace and defense work as far as welding goes. Um, remember when that, uh, that, when Boeing hit him up and said, okay, when we do this Air Force One, it's going to cost $4 billion. And Trump kind of was like, whoa, whoa, this is costing way too much money. Like we want, you know, we want Boeing to make some money, but we're not willing to pay him that much money for this. There's something going on here. Right. That and was one of, that of was us, one of the early on when things kind of started where people were on one side or the other because he was like, oh, it costs this much. And Boeing was like, well, not quite that much, but yes, this much, you know. But either way, yes, right. he wanted to bring the price down. Right. 
And then after that, last night, you get, all right, we have an, econ uh, an economic team developing a, a historic tax reform that's going to reduce taxes on corporations and provide massive tax relief for middle class people. You know what I'm saying? It was like right after that, this is going to happen for everybody. So it's like it's opening everybody's eyes to how bad this import-export tax is and how bad this is affecting these – I mean it's this trickle-down effect. If it's happening up at the top, it's going to trickle down to these other companies that can't get supplies, and it's going to crush them. So why did this begin? Like what was the yeah, idea man, behind the, things getting shipped out? Was it cheaper? Like I have no idea, man. All I know is that we just saw things going down, especially here in Detroit, man. We became the, the forgotten city in a lot of ways. You know, it became way harder to get a job. And all, like, all of a sudden, it started bouncing back the jobs, but they didn't pay what they used to pay at all. Right. And now you have families that are struggling. You have to have both parents working constantly to, in order to make ends meet and even provide for a family. You know, and one, fa you know, they're, they're not even going to get quality family time because one parent is working their ass off or both parents working their ass off. And I mean, it's just. It, it's the way that it is here right now. Right. See, I you know, try because I know I know a lot of regulations are often environmental regulations that yeah. you know, but I I can't see them being the bulk of the regulation problem. That's why. I'm oh trying, no, not at all. Do you man, know what no. I mean? That's why I'm yeah. trying to understand because I. No, this see, this is what this is what's happening with this kind of stuff. These are extreme measures to extreme problems that have already been happening. You know, that's that's something that's already been happening. That's why everybody wants change. They didn't want more of the same with Hillary Clinton. Right. You know, that's what people saw. That was the biggest detriment that sent Trump into office is with Hillary Clinton. It was going to be more of the same of this. And with Trump backing up these ideas, you know, it, it gave people hope again, especially the middle working class. So. Right. So I would have to more specifically probably research into like specific regulations themselves because, you know, obviously I do agree with, you know, things at home are probably better. Of course, like those are the things you want to hear. And I do believe him when he says things like things should be made with American steel. Absolutely. Of course. Why wouldn't they? I feel the same way about Canada. I mean, we have, you know, some of the largest deposits of, you know, natural resources in the world. Like, we should have no problem sustaining ourselves. Have you seen Niagara Falls? You know what I mean? Exactly. Like, so I, I, I get that part of it. So, you know, it, along with that, uh, you know, was something that people wanted this change. And I totally get that. And, you know, you are going to hear a little bit because all – okay, first of all, all presidents have some good and some bad stuff, right? I'm sure Obama fucked up a lot. You know, but there are some good things that I think were accomplished on that side. Agreed. Um, you know, and especially with the uphill battle that he had, you know, never having the house, right? Like, this was a standoff. Like, for him to accomplish anything at all, period, in eight years, having to have that standoff with the Republicans, that's a pretty crazy thing. So I know it was a difficult time and everything became, you know, so, you know non-united and just nutty so this is where it's crazy to me that the bernie thing i remember when bernie came around and i was like i asked a few friends i was like could this be for real like i heard mm -hmm. of, i heard him talk a few times and he was saying many of the same things along certain lines that you heard out of trump's mouth and if you watch the speech last night 
he he applauded when he applauded. Like it's not like he just sat there when he agreed with something. I saw plenty of shots of Bernie sitting there applauding certain things that Trump said. Mm-hmm. Like you know, he's not an idiot. Like he he's gonna try and. But either way, so that's why he kind of took off for the same reason. People were like Bernie, Bernie, like for the people and of the people. You even said to me an interesting thing once where you might have voted for Bernie had he been the choice. Yeah, I mean, I would have, but it's like at the same time, you know, my only problem with Bernie was if Bernie is in office, someone like him sort of takes away from the American dream. You know, he said we're not taking away entrepreneurship, but. You also can't just come over here and amass a, a net worth of $4.3 billion on your own with someone like Bernie in charge. Right. Okay. That's what that's what a lot of turns so many people off to this because I'm sorry. That's what sells America to most of the world is the fact that you can come here and become that if you bust your ass and work hard enough. Well, that is that's the, what sells America. Yeah, capitalism, the, that, that, Absolutely. that old school look on the American dream. I totally, Absolutely. I totally get that. It's it's such a weird time how things are evolving and there's there's messes all over the place in different areas. So we're at this point and you know Trump has started something at that point. Now help me to understand when things maybe have gotten a little out of hand. Because, okay? you know, there's the thing about Trump, because I watched the speech last night, and I think it completely changed how this discussion is going to go tonight. But you're, yes. you're hearing a lot of weird, interesting things. You're hearing, you know, a new Trump, but the new Trump is the old Trump. But the OK, that Trump last night was that was a speech we haven't heard before. It was a good speech. But it's really hard to know how to take it with everything that's come before because that guy has said some crazy shit. Oh, yeah. You know? (laughs) So Listen, he's not perfect at all. Right, right. He's not perfect, but he's what the the Republican side chose. He's what the the right chose. Sure. And it's – I mean we had to go with him. Otherwise, you know, we were forced to go the other way. Not saying he's perfect, but he's he's better at least in my opinion. What do you think though happened or where did it go wrong that certain ideals and certain groups of people out there attached themselves to Trump and have taken advantage? What do you think Trump did that really kind of opened this door to people thinking – they could go so far like do you think political correctness got so over enamored that people are just going extra hard the other way i think that might be some of the reason but i don't see that being the the cause for everything honestly right because i mean you've got a guy who you know he's he sparked some stuff he said some shit and now he's in a situation where, okay, that's great. You had this awesome speech last night where you did what you could to try and unify. You reached out. You, you know, it was a presidential speech. Absolutely it was, you know, whether he wrote it or not, whether he read it off a teleprompter or not. Mm-hmm. It was, it was at least how he should have behaved. He, at least he behaved himself, right? Yeah, he yeah. did. So what did he do to make all the white supremacists freak the <laughs> fuck out? Well, I think a lot of that became, you know, extremely, blown out of proportion when he started talking about immigration reform and and keeping the borders safe um as soon as he brought up a wall it, I, everybody just branded him a racist 
which it made absolutely zero sense. It's all he's talking about is keeping the border safe and you brand the guy a racist. That makes no sense in right. any way, shape or form to me. Um, I think that is, is, is the main thing that started setting everybody off. And then you have the left side just acting insane and hurting other people and causing and, you know, protesting, violently protesting. There's nothing wrong with a peaceful protest. But when you start, you know, destroying property, hurting right. people, all of that, I mean, it just because you become angrier about something does not make you more right about the subject, period. And these people are, are, are hurting innocent people just because they believe differently than them. That's no different. To than- be fair, this was – this of course did happen and it's a shameful thing that it did. But when you take the amount of protesting that went on across the country in so mm-hmm. many ways for like that one week, that was a, a kind of – you know. I don't know what the word would be. That was kind of like a, a certain area case in that. And it's disappointing to see. That's another thing that's confusing me is what made the left go so far. Like, I am shocked. They're so pissed off. They're supposed to be the party of, okay, well, let's just be calm and move on. And they fucking panicked. And, you know, that, that confused me as well. So, you know, back to, back to you talking about the wall though and stuff. So you think that's kind of when people really, you know, because, I hope he can learn to speak better because, you know, as much as he may not mean it, it was, you know what it was? It was that criminals and whatever drug dealers comment. I think that's yeah. when it really started, which isn't calling them bad hombres. You know, it's, uh, you're gonna, it's hard to know if he's that guy or if he used that rhetoric a bit harshly to try and gather those people, which is kind of a shitty way to get where he got. But yeah. it worked. He got where he got, right? But now you're talking about a guy that said you can tell them to go fuck themselves. Got elected president. Yeah, that... you know what I'm saying? Like he he he's known for for not being able to speak well. But last night, I'm telling you, and everybody saw it. If he can continue what he's doing, like last night, if he can continue what he did last night when he addressed Congress, we're gonna be okay, right? We can't have unhinged Trump like he was at that last uh, last press conference. Right. We can't have this unhinged Trump where he's, uh, you know, canceling CNN and everybody else from attending press conferences. You know, that kind of shit is not going to fly with people at all. He's so, creating more turbulence for himself. OK, so there is kind of a line for you. There is, you know, there is a place he can go that, you know, makes you feel uncomfortable. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'm not saying, hey, I love everything about the guy. I'm saying what he offered is 10 times better than what the other side had for me. Okay, right. That doesn't mean that I have to agree with everything that the guy does. I don't. I think the problem ranges way before these guys even came close to being elected. Right. Okay, so I'm totally with you there. If he does do, as everybody's saying, even Democrats have said – if he can pull off what he said last night, you know, sure, that'd be beautiful. That 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 might work. Now, it's hard to see how that's going to happen with the people that he's surrounded himself with. Now, all his, you know, his, his council people and his cabinet picks, were you familiar with any of these people before 
or did you kind of get familiar with them as they showed up and he started picking them and stuff? I just got familiar with them as they showed up. Now, it seems kind of wacky. Um, you know, this Steve Bannon guy comes out of nowhere. Like Trump, I didn't hear about that guy through Trump's entire campaign. And all of a sudden, Trump gets elected, and all of a sudden, his right-hand man is this Breitbart guy. Like, that that took me off guard. I was like, how did we – if people are so upset about this guy, and I'm not saying they shouldn't be. He sounds like a piece of shit. But <laughs> if – you know, where was he? Like, why does this seem new to me? Do you know what I mean? Like, was he – did – I don't know. Was this part of the plan the whole time? Or did just Trump be like, holy shit, I won. I better pick some people. What do you think? Uh, I don't think anything was just surprise. I think that, that there was definitely pre, uh, pre-planning involved in all of his cabinet pick. And I mean, maybe I'm just optimistic, but, you know, everyone wants to talk down about how the fact that he loaded his cabinet with Wall Street people and, and billionaires. Um, to me, man, I like I, I see America be just struggling. Maybe if we have a bunch of people that are actual businessmen that have done very, very well for themselves in charge of things, it might turn things around for this country. And hating on it when this is something that is brand new to everyone, when he has been in a pre- the president for a little over a month at this point, we can't even see where this is going to go yet. Just All I'm saying is I'm very willing to give it a chance. Right, right. Because you've been very passionate about it. Like, we can't not kind of address the elephant in the room that started whole, this whole thing was, you know, sure. your kind of some of your social interactions online. Now, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you can be in a, you know, a, a, an outspoken fellow. Now, I personally, I know you. And when I saw certain statuses, I kind of knew where you were going. But I felt like at times you were just kind of pissed off is that the case in some of these situations because i know you and like people are hearing right now you know how to reason out an argument for yourself you know how to have an intelligent conversation but at times online did you just kind of feel i don't know maybe even ganged up on because you know they're you definitely feel outnumbered, man, because it seems like everybody is against the guy. It almost becomes, you know, the, a fad now where it's cool to hate Trump. Like everybody hated Nickelback for some reason. And I, I just, you know, at, at points, man, you just get so frustrated with people who are so unwilling to accept facts that are presented right in their face. And once they are, they just completely shut off. And immediately go into, oh, you're a fascist or you're a racist or you're a proto-fascist, whatever the fuck that even means. <laughs> and, I mean, it, it, may, it makes no sense to me. Like, they won't even look at facts. Like, I am willing to listen to the other side in every way. Like, wh- where I take my news, I literally listen to the extreme left and the extreme right. And I just kind of take what I like from both sides and figure out which one makes more sense. It's kind of like when two kids get into a fight and you're like, okay, what did he do to you? All right. What did he do to you? Now, do you see where you both fucked up? Yeah. I mean, that's really how you have to take this. The number game is a hard thing right now. And this whole fact game is really, really difficult because it's hard to know who to trust. And it's hard to know what's real on either side. You know what I mean? So, it's hard. I'm trying to not honestly pay attention to the numbers because there's too many being thrown at me. This is the year the most times this has happened. Or we, this number hasn't been this bad since fucking 1952. Like whatever. Like the, the big thing about the States is 
like you say, it's got to be like an ongoing thing. Because every time uh, a president comes in, there's all these big giant numbers in different areas that fluctuate quickly. They go up, they go down, some in different directions for others, because there's a past to this, right? Like you brought up, uh, you were talking about the 19 billion or whatever that the debt was reduced. I was, uh, Trump was claiming that he reduced the national debt $12 billion in his first month. Right. And then it was shortly after that, uh, there was news popping up trying to discredit his claim, saying that there, this was just numbers adjusting and all these other things due to uh, federal regulations. Well, to me, that still says that he did it because who's in charge of the federal regulations that are changing things around right now? Right. This is you where know? I find it interesting <laughs> because I looked into the backing, into kind of the backstory of that a bit. And I wanted just to see how these numbers worked, right? Yeah. So what happened was is this is how he did this, which is clever, but you have to acknowledge that it's working with what was put in place before. So when Obama came in, he raised it a whole fucking bunch because he implemented 26 programs that he thought were immediately necessary. He's like, look, these areas are lacking. They need this shit. We're giving it to them right now. Yeah, at the time. Right. So he signed all that shit out. Trump took, I think, and forgive us if our numbers are wrong. We're not fucking politicians. We're hardly fucking journalists. We're fucking podcasters, potheaded ones at that. But <laughs> uh, so he took 21 of those 26 programs, I think, and he slashed something like 0.01% or something from each of those programs, which tallied up to that number. So those programs will barely feel it, right? But it took a big chunk off. So seems like a smart play, a very easy business move to have made, right? And, right. you know, it, that's cool. What I also think is interesting, though, is how those programs, he, he still kept them. Do you know what I mean? Like those were programs that if he didn't think were in some way necessary, he probably would have gotten rid of or be trying to right now. So, you know, those programs must be still in place for a reason are you referring to like npr and pbs i don't even know i don't even know uh, uh oh yeah I, those would I, be some of them but whatever the 26 yeah. programs that when obama first came in so it's not like it's just slash and burn now the whole thing people are talking about too is this dismantling of the government which is kind of scary shit like this whole drain the swamp thing and having billionaires in charge of shit that they are not trained in in any way is it's a bit scary to me because I don't know from your perspective, but for me, if I work with somebody, if you threw somebody into my job and, you know, they weren't properly trained, someone's going to die and uh -huh. someone's going to get hurt at least in some way. So that for me personally, it makes me very nervous. I'm all for wiping kind of the clean slate. Like I wish that's kind of what he more meant or at least explained this draining the swamp thing because to me, draining the swamp than putting billionaires in all these positions doesn't make sense. What do you think about that? I think all that happened was the monetary level of the players changed. They were just millionaires making all the decisions. Now it's billionaires that are making all the decisions. And do you, Does that make sense? Yes, but does that – D does that worry you in any way about them just taking on tasks that they kind of don't know about, like what billionaires are not, you know, like, uh, well, no, it to me, I think the whole the whole infrastructure is going to change. And it's not like that these people are not smart enough 
to bring people along with them to advise them to make sure that they make the correct decisions in these jobs that they're doing. Right. You know, okay. I mean, just say, for instance, let's just say, for instance, on, you know, one of the one of the president's advisors is Elon Musk. Right. Elon Musk is now on, you know, for, and this is what just drives me crazy. He was sticking around to keep him in check. (laughs) Right. Exactly. And that's what drives me crazy is like, here's the guy. Okay. Everyone's afraid of Trump. Everyone's afraid of what he might say, what he might do or uh, from, he hires Elon Musk. This is something that everybody, everybody loves. Somebody, everybody loves who's going to be on his board and advise this guy that everyone is afraid of. Don't worry. Good old buddy Elon's there to be like, hey, wait, Mr. President. He gets attacked by the same people that don't like Trump. Now, just because he's going to work for the guy, they go after him and they cancel their Tesla orders and they, you know, want to bash Elon's name and all this. It makes it makes no sense. And this is where the people on this side lose credit to their arguments and why the Trump administration is gaining more and more and more of a foothold. So if these people are worried about these billionaires that are now in charge of things, you know, they're not doing any credit to themselves or any help by knocking down the advisors that are actually there to help them. Right, right, right. So you're kind of giving Trump a lot of leeway as far as making some fuck ups for a little while until. Dude, it's his first month on the job. Tell me anybody that starts any job is just fucking awesome at it. Right. Like, I I hope he can give up the whole crazy bit because, I mean, certain things are not kind of cool. As much as I know they're not the end of the world, like when he was tweeting about Ivanka's clothes and shit like really honestly he needs to stop with that you shit. need to not be making fucking money off of fucking when you're the president like the, the you can't like that's one of the big things i think is important and like you said like i I'm, I'm a big believer in media even if they're fucking fake news they're still the news and should be allowed to tell that <laughs> fake fucking news whether you Dude, like the not, news you know? the fake news has been fake news long before it was called fake news brother. Oh, yeah. i'm just Let's just be real on that one. Right. No one, no one's put, <laughs> right. we all know it's been bullshit. Right, right. And I mean, he's done some stupid stuff. And I mean, he probably isn't very respectful of women often at the time, but this is a 70 year old fucking man at the same time. And if you think a 70 year old man is going to fucking change his ways that easy, you know, <laughs> yeah, that, sorry, that doesn't happen. That's a tough spot. You know what I mean? So I'm just, you know, because I, I don't get the whole like it's a big controversy. How do you feel about the whole uh, Yemen thing with the uh, with the soldier and uh, I'm sorry, what's it? Ryan. Ryan was the soldier's yeah. name, and you know Trump not taking his intel briefings, which to me just seems like a crazy old coot, like just fucking out of control. Because to not take your military's intel briefings or your daily intel briefings just that seems nuts because I know Obama kept saying no to that plan because he didn't think it was ready. He's like, it's too risky. Like, I don't think it's worth it. So that's why he never passed it. And then Trump didn't even sit in on the meeting. That's kind of the thing that would distress me greatly. So that's what I would hope would change a little. You know, maybe he'd be a little more open to, you know, using his resources, shall we say? I, I agree with that. Absolutely. Uh, military is a number one to me. You know, we need to be on top of that, especially the people that are on missions like that. Right. You know, attention needs to be extreme attention to detail needs to be taken by everybody for the safety of those people. Right. Absolutely. I mean, and it's a hard balance. I mean, I know here in Canada, like our military, 
you know, I would never speak ill of our military. You know, I have military history in my family. I have military family right now. But it is a national, you know, kind of joking thing to make fun of our own military. Like, oh, what? We're going to send our fucking tugboat over there to help or whatever. Because we're just we're, – we're a tiny little country, okay? Right. And, you know, that's something that actually was strange is, you know, they did increase the military spending and – you know, they probably should hear a little bit more just because our military is so fucking old and the equipment's so old and stuff. But, you know, $54 billion, Like, that's... That's some that's, money, man. That's some money. I saw... I was watching Joe Rogan on YouTube. I was watching his podcast, and he had Alex mm-hmm. Jones on. Crazy oh, Alex yeah. Jones. Oh, and yeah. they... I don't know if this was for real because, you know, you can't trust anything, but they put up Trump's tax plan. And if it was the actual tax plan, you know, from the campaign, the one that he's actually going to do, it actually made a lot of sense. Yeah, it looks good, doesn't it? And they and they worked it out. And it, it, it's also a shame, though, because this guy who's had, what, 32 bankruptcies, how many failed fucking businesses, he won't show his tax returns. That makes for a shifty business guy. And yeah. To know that he is good at business, I I don't understand why he wouldn't show those things. Say this I don't is how understand. I understand. Wait, oh, you, this, I don't know about calling him a shifty business guy because I mean, tell me who it doesn't know business at that level that doesn't make shifty deals and still remain for something billion dollar net worth. Oh, absolutely. But yeah, I meant that as like a blanket statement. You know what I mean? Like yeah. that he's in general. I'm just saying like. I mean, just shifty in the way that he keeps it to himself. Like, if he's, you know, able to maneuver around this and that, you know, you think he'd be a little more transparent about, you know, how he did or whatever. So, I don't know. I hope he is the good businessman that he says he is, you know? (laughs) Yeah. I mean, we definitely know he's a good salesman. Yeah, yeah. He's definitely a good salesman, but I don't know, man. I like I said, I'm willing to to give the guy a chance. I'm willing to get behind his team. I'm willing to get behind the people that are advising his team because I think with someone like him in office is going to benefit the country that much more. Right. So how do you feel did last night's speech influence you at all in how you're going to look at all of this going forward? Did it spark any kind of calming unity in you as far as how you address the situation uh as far as how he presented himself i think he did more than just good for him as a president i think he did good for calming the nation down with yeah. if this is no, how he you, can you, present you, himself you, I'm, I'm i'm asking you specifically did it calm me down? Did it, did it do anything to make you feel less angry at everything going on? Are you going to be able to maybe, you know, as I hope also people on the other side are, do you, do you feel like this is all going to settle down? You know what I mean? For you, are you more in that mode of hoping that all this settles down and people stop freaking the fuck out on each other? At this point, I'm in the mode of show me and then I'll be able to react. At this point, I'm not. I'm not going to react to to anything. I'm 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 in the I'm hopeful. I want to see things change. And we're just at that point where we have to sit back and and, and wait and watch. Right. This is what he proposed. Now, let's see you do it. If you don't do it, then absolutely. My I mean, I will I will condemn him just like everybody else if he's not doing the job correctly. Right. But as long as he does us right as Americans, 
you know, I'm not going to I'm not going to come against the guy and I'm going to defend the guy. Absolutely. Because he's still the president. He still holds the most respected office in the country. Right. <laughs> oh, I hope he knows that. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm saying, man. It's like, you know, it, it is what he is. I mean, everyone has it. You have the right to fear him. You have the right to to, to not like him. Absolutely. But he is still the president. Right. You know, we still have to be I mean, you know, if if we're invaded by somebody, what are we going to do? Are we just going to be like, no, we don't I, I don't like what you're going to do with with immigration. So we're not going to fight for you. Bullshit. He's the guy leading the charge. We got to right. get behind the president. It's just it is what it is. Right. He was elected. He holds the office. We have to hope for the best. If he doesn't provide what he said he's going to provide and, and hurts the American people, then we do everything we can to change that. But right now. Think, let things move forward and see what happens. So, okay. Um, there's one thing I got to ask you about because I'm more curious about where it came from mm-hmm. and something that happened in this that people actually be surprised of why I was more surprised. But something happened with some – no naming names, of course. But I guess something happened with some Canadians talking shit about American health care or something. And you, you and you you took uh, you took a little bit of offense to this. And- <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Sorry. Okay. Yeah. Uh, well, it just you know to me at that point, man, like that well, was. I just I'm just curious what happened. I'm just curious what they said. Oh well, it you know it came down to some. I can't even remember the exact specifics, dude, at this point because that was a while ago. But I, I do recall uh, I do recall the incident, and it had to do with just the fact of of. You know, talking down on what Trump plans on doing versus, you know, why affordable health just that the things that are are affecting people with the affordable health care thing and the fact that people want to praise it so much are not being affected by the downsides of it. That's why I got pissed off from a Canadian trying to talk about the great things to do with Obamacare when he's not affected at all by the good or the bad. Right. And he's not even willing to listen to the bad. Now, this was totally understandable. And here's kind of the funny part that surprised me. is because you got all up in them publicly. <laughs> and, a, and a few people were like, oh, my God, you see what Jimmy like said about Canada? And I was like, he didn't say a fucking thing about Canada. There was not a fucking thing in that tweet that was derogatory oh. to Canada. It was completely to some Canadians who probably said some shit. Now, here was – I was a little surprised by – is you went into like mega America cliche mode, like about <laughs> as stereotypically cliched fucking American shit as you can get. And you went to, yeah, well, we can still kick your ass. And <laughs> that's, that's the, that was the thing. Everybody else was like, oh my God, Jimmy said that, whatever. And I was like, yeah, I'm just a little disappointed. He actually went to the old, yeah, we can kick your ass thing. <laughs> well, at that point, man, self-admittedly, it became. Listen, I, I have done, I have gotten into some stupid fights online, and admittedly, that became nothing but a dick measuring contest. Now, I will say, I will say, in York, in Canadian credit, the person that I did get in this argument with, and at this point, man, when I started getting in arguments with people, it really just. became triggered because that's all you see when I would open up Facebook. You know what I'm saying? Right. And (laughs) to your guys' credit, the response that I got once that happened, um, 
So <laughs> he totally took control of the situation, and I had absolutely zero firepower after that. And we <laughs> became friends instantly, and we were like, you know, I totally understand where you're coming from, man. And it's like, I totally understand where you're coming from, man. And yeah. like, <laughs> we ended up talking, I think, for another five minutes after that, just like, oh, yeah, and everything was fine. Right, you know what right. I'm saying? Yeah, but yeah. It's it's the thing is here, okay. Just to address the, you know, Obamacare as it is. Like, listen, I understand that Obamacare has done some amazing things for people. I really do. I understand that it has saved people's lives. But admittedly, the left has admitted that it needs work big time. You know, when you have, especially in our situation as, as trades guys, as blue collar guys, we work in an at will state in Michigan, which means they can fire you at will for nothing. Literally what? nothing. Yes. If if you come into work and they don't like that and you uh, you're you're uh, you don't have laces in your boots or or I don't like your shirt or I don't like this or this or that. They can fire you on the spot for no reason or you were one minute late. See you later. Right. And then all of your insurance, everything immediately stops that day. From that point on, you are fined monthly until you get insurance again or You are forced to buy this bullshit insurance that barely covers anything and costs an extremely high amount of money, depending on the state that you're in. Okay, now people, when they do their taxes, this is when the fine hits you. It hits you in your income tax return. And they ask you, how many uh, how many months did you have uh, health insurance? Did you have health insurance for 12 months? And people are actually willing to go uninsured and take the fine, then pay for this insurance that they have to have otherwise which is extremely expensive. Right. That's what people are sick and tired of. It's right. like this is something that's at no fault of our own. I mean, in some cases, don't get me wrong. If you're an asshole and you get fired, it is. It is what it is. But if you just get canned for God knows what, getting lumped into something, now all of a sudden this happens to you. And it happens so much in a state where jobs are not, you know, they're not like they were. So everybody is dying for jobs. There's, there's, for every position you get, there's at least 15 dudes behind you that could take your job and would do it for cheaper. Right. You see what I'm saying? That's yeah, what's happening. Yeah, no, right I hear now. that. I get that. That's why yeah. people are begging for this kind of change, and that's why people are so against the Affordable Care Act. They're like, yes, okay, we're not saying you know it doesn't help people. We're saying abolish what it is, get rid of the bullshit, change it, and make it better for everybody. Right, right, right. Yeah, it makes sense, man. I mean, you know, and, you know, Trump has even said very recently, he talked about how much more complicated healthcare was than he realized, you know, right. which, it's which not you know, people thing. even jumped, and I'm not defending Trump. Like, I, okay, like, when it comes down to it, like, you know, I don't like him personally. I think he's kind of a fucking pig. I don't like his treatment of, you know, or the way he talks at least about, and I don't think he's a respectful person. I personally, I don't think he shows enough respect to other people. If that's what gets the job done at the end of the day, I understand that's what's going to happen and that's what's going to work. So, you know, it's, it's a balancing thing. Now, even though I feel that way about him, I, you know, I'm Canadian. I'm out of the situation. I am also so surprised by how fucking angry some of my left sided friends are like, that's been Dude. just as shocking within this whole thing is how fucking pissed off people have let themselves get to. And there's some people who are very good about it, like on both sides. You know, there's some people who just present arguments and they're always very decent arguments and they're never filled with emotion or driven by, you know, something unreasonable. 
and I can greatly appreciate that. So I I kind of hope both sides calm the fuck down and everybody relaxes. You know, people were fucking. I was really surprised by how some people were like shocked that we were gonna do this. Oh, me too. I was like, really? Do you really guys really think this is gonna be that big a deal? Because I know that you're not a racist. Okay, I oh, know. That. I, no way, dude. Some <laughs> of know? the closest people in my life are black. <laughs> you know, I know you're not a fascist. I know this. Okay, no. you have you're too big a fan of Canada. Okay, yep. just so you people know, weekly I'm getting fucking messages from Jimmy saying, "Did Trudeau really fucking do, do this? That's too cool." And you know, you've always appreciated you know this place, and and I get that. Okay, you're not a total misogynist. Okay, no. so we won't. Not you know. <laughs> not a total one. But no, I what I just mean that is like like guys, if you if you haven't, by the way, you need to check out the Ninja Starship. And the funny thing about this is because your podcast, you don't talk about this shit. Oh no, not at all. Like it's, it's not fun. It's not. This a, is, yeah. It's not at all a political fucking podcast. Uh, you know, it's 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 Jimmy talking about cool shit. So. You know, you're not going to go there and hear fucking crazy Trump tirades or fucking anything like that. It's uh, it's just it got to a point where I wanted to have this discussion because I thought it was getting out of hand. So, you know, I just, you know, I wanted people to understand things better because you are an outrageous guy, though. And you're not one to back down from anything. You know, I mean, you'll say your opinion and you'll say it how you're feeling at that time, which you have to respect that, too. Some people have gotten offended. Some people have gotten bothered by it. Fine. That's the deal, you know, and that's cool. But I'm even if we weren't friends, that's not going to stop me from sitting here and having this conversation. Do you know what I mean? Right. Like, even if I didn't know you and I just heard like crazy shit you might have said, I, you know, and if I thought it was a good conversation, you know, I'm, I'm going to have it. But that's what's missing. I think that's most what's missing is the dialogue is, is, is a conversation. And why do you think it's so hard to have? I think because people just don't want to listen to it. That's the problem. People don't want to take the time to listen to someone else's argument when they're being triggered every single minute of every single day to hate it. Right. Honestly, I would like to that's see, what I see. I'd like to see Trump do something a little more, you know, action packed to maybe, you know, prove and turn around that it's it's not something that he's going to use as a tool like maybe like you know literally like uh say look i know you're all worried about you know this guy being from here but you know this is why i picked him and this is why i did that and i'm sure he has done that but i don't know maybe that's one thing that could help him out if he just uh you know talked about the other shit a little bit more and maybe a little less about himself but that's that why this, that's why this conversation is so fucked up because of the speech last night. You know, nobody was I don't know. Well, nobody knew what to expect, really. That's why I wanted to wait, because once it was like, OK, this is what's going to happen. I'm like, dude, we need to we need to hold this off until that happens, yeah, because I, it's going to change everything. I couldn't believe did. that he uh, because I before he did the, before I watched the speech, I was on a real downturn with him because of that Indian thing. About, uh, you know, those three Indian guys that got shot by the fucking crazy Trump supporter? I don't know. No, I don't. I'm not familiar. Sorry. It was like a week or two, and I think it was in Kansas City, and there was three Indian guys, and some guy gunned him down and was all like, you know. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay, yeah. Right? Yes. And he didn't say fucking dick. 
He no. He, he mentioned it in the speech, but before the speech, he didn't say fucking shit all. He was tweeting about some other fucking stupid nonsensical bullshit, and not just not one fucking tweet addressing it or giving sympathy or whatever. And that I thought was real, like it's okay. distasteful. Yeah, it's, it's distasteful. Yeah. Okay, yeah, like, it, you can't yeah. defend stuff like that. I mean, yeah. you know, there's there's no denying that a lot of the stuff he does is is not you know polished at all, and mm-hmm. and uh, you can't even defend some of the shit that he does. And he does act childish, and he is easily triggered. And these are the things that I think, you know, he realizes from the people around him that are like, listen. You know, if you don't shape the fuck up, you're going to lose, you know, everything that you have that you've built so far. Right. And that's why I that's why I think you saw a major change in him last night during his speech. And, dude, hopefully we keep seeing more of this, you know, from this moment on, because at this point forward, man, really, it's 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 show us no more talking is going to do anything. It's show us. Right, 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 right. And I mean, he's he's got to be aware to the possibilities too. That like, I mean, there's this much uproar, and that you know, what is it, 2018? That what is it, the House or Senate or Congress or whatever the fucking of the 85 tiers of government you fucking guys have? <laughs> yeah, for the new nominations, I, I believe so. Yeah, could you imagine how hard his life would be if he had a Democratic House? Like, ooh. <laughs> like yeah, man. I mean, don't don't listen. They yeah. they were not impressed last night, you know, at, at all. The left was not impressed with him at all, and you know, it, it is it's going to be a battle for him. Like j- just because he he did good and and you know uh, you know he he landed a punch last night. It, it doesn't it, the fight is far from over for the guy. Absolutely, right. and that's why, like I say, man, like I don't want to make his job any harder. I want to make I want the guy to. To, to get the knowledge he needs to to lead our country the way that it needs to be led and 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 honestly like do what he says make America great again like for fuck's sake please man yeah, yeah. there's one thing I think he could do that would unify the entire fucking country and have everything on his everyone on his back and if he did a real hard fucking turn against the fucking whole white supremacy thing if he like made well a he re- kind of did he he just uh, he just um, Signed that executive order to to fund uh, black colleges. Did you see that? No, I didn't see that. That's yeah, see, they're not. Re- yeah, yeah, they're not yeah. reporting that. That that's historical. He just uh, uh, he just signed an executive order to to fund um, black colleges, man. And 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 you know people are ecstatic about it, but it's not going to be reported by mainstream news. Oh, is that with the MCB or MC- yes, oh, okay, yes, yes. Yes. I was I trying, I'm trying to remember that. the specifics, but right, I don't have right, any I don't have it right. pulled up. I'm just you know, I just know that that's what happened. Yeah, I just people I'm sure cuz people are not going to be, you know, people don't trust you. They're going to think it's pandering for a while until they see if it's actual truth. Like if it kind of feels the same way except I know that Trudeau's been about this for a while uh, and it was cool to hear Trump mention him and the whole uh, woman's business program thing they got going you heard that sorry say that again the uh, you know the woman's business whatever it is program that uh, Canada and US he launched you didn't hear about that no I didn't hear about that okay uh, yeah well what one of the big things that came out of when Trudeau came here and met with the president was they put together a program to fund and, you know, nurture women's business and to uh, be there, you know, help 
out in whatever way women to succeed as their own entrepreneurs and stuff, right? And because uh, I guess Ivanka was big on that shit and everything too, right? So that's one of the big things that came out of it. And Trump actually mentioned that in the speech when he was listing off his fucking accomplishments. And he was like, uh, Canadian Prime Minister Justin Trudeau and I, we blah, blah, blah. And now we have this new joint partnership with Canada to help develop. Oh, it. yeah, I remember that part of the speech. Yeah, yeah you okay. Know, so, you know, and I had actually forgotten about uh, the fact that you guys don't have, like, the same kind of vetting that we actually do. Like the merit vetting? Uh, no, I don't believe we do. Did you hear him mention that? Did you catch that part? Yeah, I remember him saying it, but I don't know what that is. That You can't immigrate to canada unless you can sustain yourself oh yeah 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 right because a lot of other countries do that like uh uh germany and other countries do that but they have programs in place to where if you want to come there you know they will take you into these programs where they actually train you in the profession that you want to learn and teach you the language and then send you off and get you the job right yeah you know stuff like that's shit yeah i think yeah. i think you know that that promotes that promotes diversity amongst everything else because that gives people a chance to go check out other places and have a chance to do something new well i can tell you how this this works because you know i easily live in the most multicultural place i have ever been and i would honestly without having been to other multicultural places i would absolutely like bet a lot of money that this place that the city I live in, Mississauga, is in top ten in the world. Has to be. Like our big mall, Square One. The food court at Square One Mall is the most multicultural hundred feet area on the planet Earth. Like you literally, you got something from everywhere. And what happens here is these big communities have developed in certain areas because the the families have to sponsor each other like they they can't come here unless they can you know be okay and be supported or support themselves and you know the way indian families work is you know they they live together like there's no old folks home in that culture right mm -hmm. like that doesn't exist like your parents live with you till you die that's how it goes like <laughs> all the generations live in a house and you yeah. know maybe the couple leaves and buys their own house to have babies but then once the old older couple's old they sell their house and move in with the kids right and you know that's the way it goes and they they wouldn't even in their culture they wouldn't even consider shipping an old person off to an old home like it just it makes their mind fucking boggle gotcha. so what, you, what you have are these houses with a lot of fucking people in them and they're not like, you know, I'm not saying like 20 people in a house, but you've got a good like 10 people in a house, in a big house with a lot of room. But that is what spark has sparked these little pockets of communities. So we like have these little Chinese communities and these little, you know, like, you know, Indian communities, Pakistani communities, but they're middle class to upper class communities. You know what I mean? They're not slums. They're not like, you know, just poor refugees coming in because that's the thing, too. A lot of people forget that there's a big difference between refugee and immigrant, right? Mm -hmm. And, you know, it, it's a weird thing for us too because the illegal immigrant thing, and like you're talking about the wall, we don't really get border hopping, right? Yeah, I don't, you know, I don't see people uh, <laughs> border hopping between America and Canada at all. You know, you know everybody goes over pretty peacefully. But like there's not such a disadvantage, you know what I'm saying? Like in in Mexico, there's such a disadvantage as far as jobs, as safety, uh, money, everything else. So they have to, you know, they have to come over here to try to make at least something so the people can survive. Now there's that 
many okay here's the part i don't get the i understand the refugee the immigrant thing i don't think the ban was a good idea i don't think the way it was laid out was a good idea mm-hmm. i i don't think it was an american thing to do uh i think extreme vetting absolutely is but not the extreme vetting they're kind of talking about. Like there's some ridiculous – like when you're Muhammad Ali's son and you can't get in for a couple hours because of your fucking name, yeah. Muslim, that's fucking going way too fucking far. I'm sorry. When it, when a beloved fucking Australian children's author has to go through that shit, that's just ridiculous. But I, I, you know, I agree that they've got to be vetted. They've got to be – but are there so many people like – literally just pouring over the border that okay no that's not where i was going with that sorry this is crazy talk so sorry our brains are fucking trying to follow our mouths here kids but um an illegal immigrant is not a good thing and i get that simple idea i get that simple prospect what i don't get is the protection of it that's going on on the left when they are kind of the reasonable side as far as things like that. Do you understand what I mean? Like, 100%. Like, I don't, I, I don't get that part. Like, um, do you think, uh, do you think it's that there are, how many people are in America? What, 200 million people or something? A bunch, yeah. Fucking ridiculous. Is it just you think there's so many people that so many illegals have been able to flow in that they're just such a, ingrained part that people are confused about the situation like it's hard for me to put on this level because we don't really have illegal immigrants you know i'm sure we do but you know what i mean like there's only there's only 39 million us 40 million us right compared to what four times three four times that amount of you guys that's a tough situation you know what i mean like people maybe get confused between immigrants illegal immigrants refugees you know because you know that's one thing that I am big on is letting refugees in. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. at least we've, we have this certain experience. We brought in 25,000 last year. And all I see are those people literally seeing them out in the community, trying to be part of the community. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we've had no issues. Maybe it's a smaller scale, but it's a tough problem to figure out when you got 50 little countries all kind of at war with each other at times, right? Right. And I, you know, listen, I'm the, there's, there's, there is the, a huge difference between, you know, illegals and refugees. I mean, we're talking yeah. about people that already came over here and had everything set up, you know, and, and just didn't have their affairs in order. Okay. Versus people that are trying to come over here from a war torn country, uh, you know, uh, influenced by a religion that, you know, um, people take to the most extreme levels that we've been at war at for how long, you know, there's right. there's a huge difference between between one and the other. Right, right. See, I I kind of went through what you went through a bit here years ago when when I first got on Twitter and stuff. It was a time in my life when I was a very militant atheist. <laughs> I was a very militant atheist for like a I'd say like about a year or so. I was hardcore. I didn't give a fuck how I offended you. Right. I just did not care. I was so sick and tired of the whole fucking thing that. I was just the tweet, I was just all day tweeting bullshit. I don't mean like lie bullshit. I mean just tweeting all day about fucking s- stupid shit that mm-hmm. I realized I was wasting so much of my time. 
So I went through this thing where I realized, you know, this isn't getting me anywhere. You know, this is just kind of making me one of these Twitter guys that I look at now that I'm like, okay, why aren't you just trying to find a conversation to have? Why aren't you actually engaging these things or kind of not worrying about it? And because, see, I believe that the, the number one problem, and I'm not saying everybody's a part of this who's a religious person, but I do think religion in itself is the number one problem on the planet. Yeah, I think everything stems from that. I think greed stems from that. I think hunger stems from that. I think poor stems from that. I think war stems from that. I think it's the number one reason for all the shitty shit in the world. And I had to go through a lot of crap. And then I got to the point where I was just like, okay, this isn't getting me anywhere. And now I I learned that lesson where people don't want to listen, like you were saying earlier. You know what I mean? People just didn't want to listen, you know, especially religious people. And then I realized, why am I even bothering trying to convince people? You know, it's not their issue. It's my issue. You know, if they if they want to, you know, it's their right to believe whatever they want, whether I believe it's bullshit or not. And I realized that was more important than just my opinion on something. Right. 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 So I hope things start to tend to go that way a little more because it's crazy. Well, you know, there's there is a difference between, you know, uh, just just mindlessly spewing hate out there and and no one listening and then engaging or, or trying to at least engage in a logical debate you know on social media and maintain an active social media presence versus just like you're saying before no dialogue and and just posting things that 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 with nothing attached to it right. you know like you're right and i th- i think that you know as long as you as you are getting into a a logical conversation be it online you know it, that's doing a lot for people a you're expressing why you feel this way you might see someone else's opinion and 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 it might change your opinion on how you see something that way uh you know it enables growth and it strengthens your debate skills right you know? yeah i mean all all of that all of that is good when it turns is when it starts getting emotional and you're right i've i've been guilty of this because at a certain point you know you just get triggered and you know you 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 might say a few things that you don't exactly mean like you know my country can kick your country's ass (laughs) things of that sort i i used to do the same thing man (laughs) i would just get mad at people on twitter who fucking said shit and were having like arguments about religion yeah. And sometimes I get caught and I get called out because there was nothing behind what I was fucking it's, saying. It's juvenile. Yeah. It is. It's juvenile. But come on, man. You know, men are men. We get around each other and argue. You turn back into 13 years old. Yeah. You know, it just it is what it happens. It happens. Yeah. Yeah. I So, listen, I hope for the people out there uh, who I don't like. I don't like Trump as a person. I'm worried about some stuff. I'm I don't think nuclear war is gonna come i hope uh no, i don't believe it'll get that bad you know like i still have my suspicions about things you know i think this i think i do think there's more to this russia thing than anybody actually fucking knows but that is yeah that's yet to be seen you know, who knows in, in the end i i am a canadian and i can kind of step back and you know observe all this from a place where i'm not so fucking angry that i'm just lost in hatred and I, I hope for a lot of my leftist friends out there, especially that, you know, not saying change your views, not saying change your beliefs, just maybe, you know, examine a little how you're exercising them and addressing them. Because, you know, 
we we still got to be people and we're still human beings and uh you know we got to do these type things so that's why i did this and jimmy i cannot thank you enough for doing this putting yourself out there um i don't think it it turned into the debacle that for some reason people might have thought it was gonna <laughs> no I'm, I'm not as i'm not an alt-right nazi like people are saying imagine no, that <laughs> no but i mean like anybody like like you know if jimmy you've heard a very personal side of jimmy tonight so you all know and that i thank you so much for you know being willing to share your personal political views with everybody because uh, it's not something anybody has to do. Jimmy in no way should be expected to explain himself for anything that he's done. But we can absolutely show great appreciation for the fact that he has. And uh, it's not so black and white, is it, people? You know what I mean? It's it's you know it's the world out there. I mean, when you go online, if you want to go check out the Ninja Starship, you're not going to hear the dude that you heard tonight. You're going to hear a very loud, excited, passionate, boisterous, tit-loving dude. And that's what goes on there. And that's, you know, thankfully we can have all these different places to do all these different wonderful things. And uh, just remember, we're all not just black or white people. I mean, like, we all have so many facets to us. And, you know, we all believe in so many different things that you have to be compassionate to people around you. Uh, I don't want to seem like a total sappy socialist, you know, Canadian libtard right now or anything, but, you know, it, as much as, yeah, you know, you got to look out for yourself and America first, blah, blah, blah. We are on a planet that we all have to share and we should all get along because we are all human beings and all that cheesy good stuff. So, uh, I hope tonight, maybe, uh, you know, maybe somebody, I hope y'all got something out of this, whatever it was. Whether it was just listening to an interesting conversation or a little bit of enlightenment on either side of uh, something, uh, I hope that went well for you and goes well for you. And uh, I hope everything ends up for good for America, good for the American people. And uh, I hope we can all stay friends. I hope we can all just, you know, be nice. Everybody be nice. Jimmy, you be nice. Everybody be nice to Jimmy. <laughs> and we'll all be okay. But, uh, Jimmy, again, I can't thank you enough for uh, putting yourself out there and doing this, man. Yeah, it was a lot of fun, man. Thanks for having me. Anytime. Everybody, go check out Ninja Starship Podcast. Jimmy, tell them where they can find that stuff. Uh, you can go to ninjastarpod.com, and we also go live on Podcast Detroit every Sunday from 5 to 6 p.m., and uh, we talk Power Rangers wrestling, and it's a lot of fun, man. So, yeah, check us out there. Yeah, it's stupid, uh, tons of amounts of stupid fun. So uh, there you go, kids. That's all we're going to have on this uh, spectacular special this week on An Elegant Weapon. Tech kiddies.